This episode's brought to you by Adventure Professionals and Project 180, where we truly build better humans. Yeah, the Building Better Humans Project Podcast. Welcome. Be motivated and be inspired. Let's go. G'day team, Glenn Azar here, Building Better Humans Project Podcast. I want to chat to you today about Parkinson's Law and how I use it to my advantage to get things done. Now, Parkinson's Law, for those that may be new to the Building Better Humans Project podcast, welcome by the way, Parkinson's Law is work expands to fill the time available for its completion. Now, I use it by setting timelines to things. Example, I've been working or coming up with a great concept to write a book about trekking the Kokoda Track. I call it the modern day survival guide to the Kokoda Track. This is going to be a complete how-to guide, gear and equipment list, people's stories, a fitness guide to make sure you're ready. It will be comprehensive and it is much needed. I've talked of this for a couple of years, but just haven't quite gotten there. It hasn't become a top priority. So last week, I applied Parkinson's Law. I had a phone conference with Mountain Designs team there in Melbourne and Alyssa and I were in Brisbane. We chatted through a heap of things we're working on with them as Alyssa and I are both ambassadors for Mountain Designs, proudly, I might add. I wanted to add pressure to myself and I wanted to apply Parkinson's Law to my Kokoda book project. So I asked the Mountain Designs team to get on board. They loved it and said yes, then asked if we could be finished and ready to launch on Remembrance Day this year. Pressure applied, tick. Time to pull your finger out, tick. Parkinson's Law applied, tick. So let's go a little deeper on Parkinson's Law so you can see how it works and how it can be applied for you. If you're into productivity, you'll know this proverb as Parkinson's Law, and it was a statement made by Cyril Parkinson, the famous British historian and author, in 1955. So that's a long time ago. This thing's not a new thing. And then he later put that down into a book called Parkinson's Law, The Pursuit of Progress. Parkinson was qualified to make a statement having worked in the British civil service. So seeing firsthand how bureaucracy ticks, bureaucracy bureaucracy, can't even say the word bureaucracy itself, <laughs> is a byproduct of our culture, right? So it's, it's about limiting beliefs that working harder is somehow better than working smarter and faster. Parkinson's law, which is work expands to fill the time available for its completion, means that if you give yourself a week to complete a two-hour task, then psychologically speaking, the task will increase in complexity and become more daunting so as to fill that week. If you've been to university, you'll get it where you've got six weeks to get something done and you take six weeks to get something done and you end up actually doing it all the night before. That's Parkinson's law in effect. It may not even fill the extra time with more work, but just stress and tension about having to get it done. By assigning the right amount of time to a task, we gain back more time and the task will reduce in complexity to its natural state. That's really what Parkinson's Law is all about. Now, I once read a response to Parkinson's Law insinuating, God, my words today, insinuating that if if it were an accurate observation, then we would be able to assign a time limit of one minute to a task and the task would become simple enough to complete within that time. Now, of course... That's not exactly what Parkinson's law is about. It's not a law. It's an observation. It's not voodoo magic. It works because people give tasks normally longer than they really need, sometimes because they want some leg room or some buffer, but usually because they have an inflated idea of how long the task will take to complete. People don't become fully aware of how quickly some tasks can be completed until they test this principle. 
Now, most employees who defy the unwritten rule of work hard and not smarter know that despite the greater return on investment for the company, it's not always appreciated. That's related to the idea that the longer something takes to complete, the better quality it must inherently be. Thankfully, the increasing trend really in this day and age is changing for those lucky enough to be early adopters, but only because employers have no idea what you're doing with all that spare time. So let's look at a few ways that you could apply Parkinson's law to your life. Get your to-do list checked off quicker and spend less of the workday filling in time just to look busy. This is relevant whether you work in an office or at home, since working harder, not smarter, is a cultural idea that many individuals fall prey to, even when nobody's supervising their work. So number one is running against the clock. Make a list of your tasks and divide them by the time or divide them up by the amount of time it takes to complete them. Then give yourself half that time to complete your task. You have to see making the time limit as crucial. Treat it like any other deadline. Part of reversing what we've been indoctrinated with, work harder, not smarter, is to see the deadlines you set for yourself as unbreakable, just like the deadlines your boss or client set. Use that human instinctual longing for competition that fuels such industries as sports and gaming to make this work for you. You have to win against the clock. Strive to beat it as if it were your opponent without taking shortcuts and producing low-quality output. This is particularly helpful if you're having trouble taking your own deadline seriously because you've got to have some discipline around that, around that which we spoke about the other day. Now, at first, all we partially, this will partially be an exercise in determining how accurate your time projections for tasks are. Some may be spot on to begin with, and some may be inflated. Those that are spot on may be the ones that you're unable to beat the clock with when you halve the time allotment. So experiment with longer times. Don't jump straight in, back into the original time allotment because there may be an optimum period in between. If you work at a computer, a digital timer is going to be very useful when you start doing this. So use a digital timer if that's what works. The next point would be to crush the cockroaches of the productivity world. Now, look for those little time fillers like email and feed reading, you know, reading your Facebook feed and your Instagram feed that you might usually think take 10 or 20 or even, God forbid, 30 minutes. These are the cockroaches of the productivity world, little pests that do nothing but make your life a pain in the backside, pains that you can't seem to get rid of no matter how much time you run around the house trying to get things done and I'm going to try and get everything sorted and then you get back in front of your computer and then you waste time again or on your phone. Instead of doing the leisurely 20 to 30 minute morning email check, give yourself five minutes. If you're up for a challenge, go one better and give yourself two minutes. Don't give these tasks any more attention until you've completed everything on your to-do list that day, at which point you can indulge in some email reading, some social networking and feed reading to your heart's content, but not until you've got work done. Not that I recommend you spend all your spare time that way, but don't do it until you have cleared those other things. These are tasks where 10% of what you do is important and 90% is absolutely useless. This forces you to tend to the important tasks, feeds your need to read in, in, in order to improve your work. For instance, if you're a web designer who needs to, I don't know, be read up on new practices and emails that are actually high priority, experiment with how far you can take this. Make your criteria for what makes an email important really strict and then penalty, and make the penalties really harsh. That means using the delete button, by the way. I'm not advocating violence against people around you. I'm advocating if something is not important to you, freaking delete it and then don't worry about that task anymore. Start to be brutal with this stuff. 
Now, you can experiment with Parkinson's law and squashing your deadlines down to the bare minimum in many areas of your life. Just be conscious of the line between bare minimum and not enough time, because that's a reality as well. What you're aiming for is a job well done in less time, not an absolute disaster that's going to lose your employment or lose your clients in your business. So that's Parkinson's law. I use it with mountain designs. I've now got to pull my finger out. I've got to go and get the job done in the time frame that we've allocated between us. And I think that that's going to help me actually achieve it. I'm Glenn Azar. This is the Building Better Humans Project podcast. And I hope you got some value out of that one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building Better Humans podcast with your host, Glenn Azar. For feedback, to stay up to date, or go back and find an old episode, head over to our new home, 180.net.au. Yeah, the Building Better Humans Project podcast. Let's go. Book now and pay later with Adventure Professionals Interest-Free Adventures. Whatever your adventure, whether you want to climb, trek, dog sled or any of our amazing adventures, you can book them now and pay later. There's no more waiting around. Our interest-free adventure offer is a quick and easy process. You will usually have confirmation within 24 hours. Then it's time to get your passport ready because you'll be on your way. Don't break your bank for your next adventure. Keep control of your cash flow. Life's too short not to take that holiday and enjoy that adventure. Contact us and let us help you out. Info at adventureprofessionals.com.au At Adventure Professionals, we put the world at your feet.